guys and gals, welcome to the Oxford Holy Club, a place where we ready ourselves to give an answer for the hope that's in us. We will also try to answer your questions, random questions from the interwebs, and have some fun too. So put some seatbelts on your ears because we're in for a wild ride. Well, hey, ladies and gentlemen, it's your host, Beard Man. And the bald eagle. <laughs> Soaring high, coming at you from that aerial view. How's it look up there, Lucas? Oh, it's it's rarefied air indeed. Rare? Did you just say rarefied air? Yeah. That sounds like a marketing thing. What could you <laughs> sell with that with that branding? Rarefy air. I've heard it in some songs and stuff, so it must be a word of some kind. Um, I think somebody in the Lorax tried to sell air. Do you remember that? Never seen it. Mr. O'Hare, I believe, found a way to sell air. Now he's a millionaire. Or zillionaire. <laughs> I guess I missed that uh, particular Susical. Uh, well, fair enough. Well, so how are you today? It's it, it feels like it's been a while since you and I have seen or talked to each other. It has been. I think I kind of fell off the grid there last week. Um, but uh, no, things are things are going well, you know, school and, and, and all that, you know, the usual. Um, something, something, family and work. Something, something, family and work. Yeah, it got, uh, it got cold up here again. Like we... We lost a bunch of snow, which is good because our snow banks were about three to four feet high, and uh, and now they're about two feet high. So it's very exciting. There's one bald spot in the back of my yard, like where the septic tank is. That's where the snow always leaves first because it's warm. Sure. sure. Um, and every spring, it's this big thing where there'll be a there'll be a bare spot right beside my house near the septic tank, and then eventually there'll be a bare spot diagonally. I have a big square yard diagonally across near the swing set, like right around the slide because it mm-hmm. warms up and melts faster. Then it'll be there. And then every day it like each bald spot gets closer and closer and closer and gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And every morning, like in my bathroom window, I'll look outside out back and see how far it's come. And eventually there's just this one thin little razor strip of snow left. And when the two sides meet, uh, for some reason, that's a big day for me. I'm like, oh, it's almost over. Like, you know, spring is officially like either in full swing or like finishing up because the, uh, the snow, uh, the snow holes I've connected. I was gonna say th- there's probably you're you're, you're gonna do like, like that groundhog thing, right? If it sees a shadow, when Lucas sees the the snow holes connect, you know that that spring is upon us. I'll have to send a picture of it to uh, yeah. the old yes. Club Instagram. <laughs> Nothing else matters now except seeing the two bald spot snow holes. Could we get a camera up that is just running, watching that nonstop? Do you have the technology? I'm sure I do. I don't think I have the skill is my problem. But, you know, I could always figure something out. I remember one time, I think my wife was like, I was like, oh, man, there's only like a foot left. Like, oh, it's so exciting. She's like, I can go kick it apart if you want. I was like, no, let nature take its course. <laughs> um, when this is done, we're going to talk about that. Do you know that there's there there's a camera that is filming a light bulb nonstop, uh, 24-7, in a, uh, it's in a fire hall in the states. Uh, I think somewhere because it's like a hundred year old light bulb. Yeah, right? that has never gone out. Yeah. Uh, so if people if people are clicking for that, they're definitely going to click to watch <laughs> the candy bald spot. The can <laughs> hold on now. The candy yard bald spot. We got to come up with a name. Rarifying air. <laughs> we'll we'll come up with something better. They never did. They never did. Uh, well, all right. So basically it got cold up there in your place. And when things get cold, the candy clan just kind of goes in the house and and doesn't communicate with the outside world. Is that why I haven't talked to you? 
no. Um, I mean, I'm always looking to keep the outside world at bay. But my wife, it's funny because she she doesn't like the cold, but she hates being indoors, like does not care for it. Like she needs to go outside. She'll come up with like pretty much made up things just to go outside. She's like, I need to shovel off the deck. I'm like, you know, that deck has never needed to be shoveled off. Right. But she just uh, needs yeah. to be outside and, you know, doing that. Whatever. That's fine. Uh, but uh, she like gets energized from it. And I'm just an indoor cat through and through. I mean, I don't I have nothing against nature, but I, I like being indoors. It's it's kind of there's a reason we build homes to get out of the outdoors. And I, and I enjoy the comfort that that affords me. Hey, you, you're preaching to the choir here, brother. I, I know all about it. Well, Lucas, why don't you uh, why don't you hit us with that hypothetical? Uh, no problem. So uh, in this hypothetical brought to you by Mr. Bradley Silker, oh, you, you are forced to give up one of your five senses, smell, sight, taste, touch, or hearing. However, you can augment this uh, loss by means of synesthesia. For example, if you decide to give up your sense of sight, you can choose to smell colors instead. Or if you give up your hearing, you might taste music. Um, if you give up taste, you could replace the sensation by feeling flavors. Uh, tip or basically, whatever sense you reject will be reflected through an alternative medium. So, so if, did I did I get that correct? Well, I think so. So if I give up, if I choose which one I give up, and then um, the one that is lost is somehow heightened in the, in another sense, you can cram it into another sense somehow. Which I think is this is this is I thought this was an interesting hypothetical um, mainly because I just wanted to say I'm gonna give up my fashion sense at <laughs> the long lead up for that punchline I've been waiting hours hours <laughs> to get that out now I'm gonna give an answer but think about this for a second you know what if we if okay so so what we hear and what we see and all that stuff, is specifically with hearing and seeing is all part of, you know, the uh, a spectrum, right? So like we sure. can, so I wonder, I've always wondered this, when we go, when we get to heaven and we have new bodies and, and all that stuff, yep. will we be able to see the full spectrum? And and what would that, I, I'm, I don't know. I, I have no reason to think that we would. I'm just wondering, <laughs> is, is it possible that we could see the full spectrum and you'd actually be able to see um, sound. Uh, I mean, Paul, I mean, if, if worshiping is now like one of our, our main gigs, I would think maybe we would want to see sound. I've, I've never thought of, I guess, you know, I, I knew about the, the, having the good, good bodies again. And, you know, and I will be able to see colors properly cause I'm colorblind. I'm sure I've mentioned that a time or two, man, I mentioned me being colorblind. Like people owning Priuses mentioned how they own a Prius. I'm always dropping in a conversation. Are you a vegan uh, as well? Why, why don't you get the trifecta? <laughs> <laughs> no, thankfully, I'm not a vegan. I enjoy mini much meats. It, it, well, I, we should say, if you're a vegan, we support you in your decision. More meat for us, certainly. That's right. Yeah. Sorry, continue. At a potluck, I have that much more, uh, many more helpings. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, I'm not sure how that would go. For me, personally, I, you know, I thought about it. You know, obviously, I'm not going to lose sight. Obviously, I'm not going to lose hearing. Those, those to me, those are the big two. Um the feel to me is a is a third place one, so I'm, I'm going to hold on to that. So whenever I've thought of the question, if I had to lose a sense, which would it be? It's always a toss up between smell and taste. But it's hard because I would automatically go for smell over taste, except for I've heard that uh, I've heard that smelling is a good portion of tasting. So if you can't smell, you can't taste stuff as well. 
I think I would still go for smell. I mean, to me, there's at least as many bad smells as there are good smells in the world. So, you know, <laughs> I, I can live, I, I teach middle school at times. So, I mean, I've, I've smelled some, some doozies. Um, so I think what I'm going to go with, I would say lose my sense of smell, but I would want to be able to see smells. Okay. Um, I definitely thought for you that you would lose taste mainly because of how bland you take the world anyway. <laughs> and, and to lose the sense of smell is only going to make everything even more bland for you because you're right. Smelling is a, so much a part of tasting. That's why we tell our kids when they're taking crappy medicine to plug their nose so they won't taste it. Have you have you not tried this? This I, is an I experiment. Mean, I've seen that in cartoons and stuff. I've never actually done it. Oh no, sorry, I have done it. I haven't found it to be that big of a deal. I mean, when you have a cold, you know, you lose some of your sense of smell, and yeah, it's fine. Like maybe it's because I'm such a bland eater anyway. I just load the salt to it, and I'm happy as a clam. Um, <laughs> now, would you eat so, the clam? Not, well, I guess if I'm not smelling it. Uh, possibly they're very, uh, my wife was at an oyster bar there like a few, like a few months ago. Sure. And, uh, you know how you're supposed to just like hork them right back there, right? <laughs> that like, is the them. terminology we use. <laughs> hork, uh, eat them like a pelican eating a trout or whatever, just <laughs> all the way back. Well, my, the, uh, my wife's coworkers convinced her to eat a, an oyster. And so she just, <laughs> she, she slipped it in her mouth and then she just started chewing on it. And she's like, it was very chewy. I'm like, I don't think you're supposed to chew them. <laughs> I think you're just supposed to like take it like medicine. Like it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it doesn't stay in there long. Which I mean, that's that's not a great sign for a food. I don't think it's like, oh yeah, it's it's they're great. Just don't keep them in your mouth long. I mean, that's it's gonna get real, <laughs> real rough, real fast. Like don't do that. Yeah. Uh, to me, that's not. You know, I do that same thing with like vegetables. So I don't know why people like oysters and clams and mussels and stuff so much. I mean, maybe it's all about just a butter delivery system at that point. I'm enjoying talking about how you enjoy food. <laughs> my wife always gives me a hard time about it because I'm very particular. Like, obviously, we, you know, we've talked about my the way I order my hamburgers and stuff, but, but temperature. I'm a huge, like, temperature is a big thing. I think mm, 30 to 40% of how much I enjoy food is if it's at the right temperature, which is either scaldingly hot or almost frozen. Those are my two favorite temperatures. Um, nothing in between. For example, one of my favorite lunches, which I don't eat very often because I always forget about it, is and it's a little bit of work to like organize it, but uh, flakes of ham sandwich cut into triangles like I'm a little child, spread them out, then put that plate uh, with my quartered um, flakes of ham sandwich in the freezer, leave it there until it's just starting to form some ice crystals on it. Not frozen all the way through, but like it's starting to get frozen. Sure, sure. And then, then I crack open some a bag of crunchets and dump them right in the middle. What what are crunch what are crunchets? My apologies. Uh, crunchets are the crunchy kind of cheesies. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, some of those, and that is just the oh man, what a great lunch! I'm getting hungry thinking about it, you know. And and it, but again, it's if you serve me a room temperature flakes of ham, I can't do it. I, it has to be super cold. Or same thing with a lot of the time, I microwave my food, I, I, even though it just came off the oven. Like I want it to be like scaldingly hot huh yeah sorry i got way off the topic this has yeah. been super revealing um I, while you were talking i thought about another sense i would give up what common hearing hearing oh common. <laughs> 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 yeah common sense welcome to the show folks 
the one thing I was going to say is I was thinking about this because I was uh, I was reading this on my phone while I was waiting for my wife to to come to work. I, I go pick her up after work, and I'm sitting there in the van with all the kids, scrolling through the document, adding things and whatever. And mm-hmm. I was thinking, like, man, can you imagine though? Like, you could see smells, but then like I was like, oh man, you you could avoid farts essentially. Like that <laughs> that was kind of my one of my, my, my thoughts. And I mean, it's I know that's a, not an immature thought, but it's a real thought. But then I thought, well, I guess I couldn't really smell them anyway, so it doesn't matter. You could just point it out to the person you farted. <laughs> well, I definitely would. <laughs> uh, but but then I guess I would still walk around the the the, fu- the fumes, even though I couldn't smell it, right? So I don't know. But, but that would be I don't think it'd be a very useful skill. But I would it'd be kind of interesting. Uh, me, see, I looked at this and initially I thought, wow, it'd be crazy to be able to see music. Um. But I don't know that I want to give up hearing because of how much I enjoy the sound of music, uh, not the musical. Well, well, the problem is, is whenever you do this, it's kind of like a, it's like one of those like ancient curses, you know, like, like I can see all smells, but I'll never be able to enjoy them. Or you could see all, you know, see all music, but never actually be able to hear how beautiful they are. Well, Although maybe, maybe the thought is that you'll see how beautiful it is and that'll kind of make up for it. I don't know. Who, who was um, the composer? Was it Bach that was... Was Beethoven, he, I think. It was bit you're right. It was Beethoven that was deaf and yet composed so much beautiful music just through the feeling and the vibrations. Right. So I'm trying to figure out, but then the problem is is already knowing what things sound like and then to have the absence of that and be looking at that going, I oh I can tell that I can see that that song looks great. I bet you it used to sound great to me. So I don't know. <laughs> I would probably have to give up if I if I was forced to. What is my sixth sense? Mm. <laughs> smell. Okay, so smell, sight, taste, touch, or hearing. Wow. Maybe you know what? Hmm. Maybe maybe I would give up the touch. Uh, That's crazy. I can't. No. No. Like- you got to stick with one of the, the lesser two. It's got to be like, I mean, obviously it's your choice, but I don't know how you could give up touch or, or sight or hearing. I was just trying to think, but you know, not feeling pain. Not, not, it's actually super dangerous. A lot of people, there's a condition okay, that fair you enough. can't feel pain and they constantly hurt themselves. Like you'll walk around with like a nail in your foot all day and like, oh, what? Huh? And they have to cut off the foot. <sighs> okay, fine. <laughs> You've swayed me. Not that I was super into that. Honestly, I was thinking how much I love music and thinking, man, if my fingers didn't hurt sometimes when playing bar chords on a guitar, that'd be cool. Maybe I'll give up touch. And then that escalated real quick. So to me chopping off a foot. Yes, yeah, I, I lost a foot. Um, I'm gonna give up, but I really like taste. However, maybe if I didn't like taste as much, I'd lose some weight. So I'm yep. I'm going with taste. Yep. For for my health. Now, here's a question for you. If you gave up taste, the only reason you would eat food other than sustenance would be for, to, for the mouthfeel and for the like texture. So what do you think would your favorite food would be if you couldn't taste it just by the, uh, just, the enjoyment of the mouthfeel? Uh, who rates that? <laughs> I don't know, but you have to rate your own personal. You, know, there you must, have to figure that one out. There must be a blog about that. <laughs> uh, one of the good ones. Okay, so now I have to – now going on a totally new question – I've lost the ability to taste and I have to choose which food I would enjoy based solely on mouthfeel. Yep. Uh, 
chips don't seem to be a wise thing because they're, you, you, oh, you know what? Ma- okay, here we go. Uh, a, a maple a maple candy, like from go to a sugar woods and you get the maple candy that's in the shape of, you know, like a maple leaf. Yeah. And, and it disintegrates and it disintegrates. And so it starts off, you've got, you've, you got that bite. So it's hard. And then it melts in your mouth and just coats. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I'd go for that. Although yeah. so much of the joy of that is indeed the taste. <laughs> the explosion of sweet maple flavor. Right. Um, cheeses are pretty fun to eat because of the way they kind of disintegrate, like you get a big puffy cheesy. Well, what happens if it's a packing peanut and, and you're just not paying attention. <laughs> then I'm in trouble. Now, you're going to lose a foot. Uh, you're going to lose a foot, bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> so I'm trying to think for me, yeah, probably the, the, the worst part is some junk food is like the, the funnest stuff to eat anyway for, for all the reasons, right? Like right. It's, it tastes good. It also is kind of fun to eat. Uh, but I mean, I would probably try to switch to like just eating like vegetables or something. Again, to lose weight, if it's just, if I'm just a, basically a, a salad spinner. But remember, um, even though we've given up the ability to taste, somehow we're still able to recognize taste through a different sense. What does that look like? I'm choosing my ears. Th- this I, sounds good. You can hear, you just hear it. See, I, the, of the thing you, you've uh, kind of posited, I, it doesn't super appeal to me to like, to somehow sadly augment one of my other senses to make up for that. Like I, there's not many things I would want to, I might be interested, but I don't think long-term would be a something of interest. Um, I know we've, we're probably just burning through the old time right now, but there's one thing I wanted to say before we jump into the next section, unless you have more to say. I don't. But um, you remember our talk about, um, what was it? You know. Uh, Me oh, or the listener? How many, how many cats would it take to bring down a German Shepherd? And you... Uh, and our esteemed guest uh, could not. You guys were like less than twenty. It was like ten, like five to ten, or something like that. Has something happened since we talked last? <laughs> no. Um, but I was talking with a couple, uh, a couple friends of mine, and I said, "Oh yeah, we did this thing," and and uh, we, I told them about this, the question. I didn't give them any of the answers. And then one guy goes, "Hmm, a lot." He's like, "A lot." He's like, "At least a hundred. And I was like, "Exactly." I was like, oh. "These two." <laughs> We're saying less than a dozen. And, and he's like, what? No way. He's like, that thing would, it, it, and they said the same thing I said. It would come down to when he got tired. So anyway, I didn't want to open up that whole kettle of cats. I just thought I would uh, say that I had some outside people. And by now, I'm sure people have been voting on it uh, on the poll and and letting their own voices be heard. Well, uh, oh, that's right. I keep forgetting the the time dilation time stuff that, that's feel. happening here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, since we've been talking so much about food, Lucas, why don't we um, why don't we talk about something that that goes in? Wait, no. Why don't we talk about something that goes in a refrigerator, which is generally food? Um, man, Yahoo, uh, Yahoo Answers really got us with this one today, and and the question is this: What happens if you take something that says refrigerate after opening and put it in the fridge before you open it? The only context that's given here is is a follow-up question. Will it blow up? Uh, Lucas? Uh, user Just Me says, the whole world ends because of your careless mistake. <laughs> uh, I guess insinuating that, yes, in fact, it will explode. I've Have you ever even paid attention to this? This was a new one for me, which is why I added it. It's not a huge goof. I just thought, I've never seen something like this before. 
Well, I think for me, uh, I'm hearing uh, the telltale thumps of one of my children coming down the stairs. But, uh, oh, it's the oldest one. Oh. The one who knows the best about staying in bed, theoretically. Uh, oh. Yes, buddy, what can I do for you? Oh, here, he's talking to his kid now. And You're let's see hungry? if he can, let's see. Uh, I can't even focus. Your monthly food allotment, buddy. Oh, bed. His, his boy Gideon has wandered down. Oh, Gideon's giving him quite the lip. Quite the lip. Well, and not like mouthing off. I mean, like he's giving him, he's giving him the bottom lip. Oh, this is a classy parent move. I have a bag of bread. That I'm giving him a slice of heel bread and uh, wave, Gideon. Wave, wave to get your bread. <laughs> Dance, child. <laughs> Uh, All right. We've had two or three of my children come down in various podcasts. Does Gideon want to say hello or anything, Lucas, or is it just best to let him go with his his bread? His heel of bread. Did he he get it? Does he have any water up there? He'll figure it out. He'll come come back downstairs with that (laughs) lip almost hitting the floor going, I'm dry. Daddy, I'll so dry. What dance Red do I was have a to bad do? choice. Uh, yeah, I think I've got. We've got like ten water glasses upstairs spread around the main floor, so he'll figure it out. He'll find a watering hole. Gross. Uh, <laughs> all right. So you fed your child. He's got a heel of bread. He's going back upstairs. Yeah. Uh, have you ever put parent of the year? <laughs> Jerry's still out. Have you ever decided? I've lost. All, I've lost it. Have you ever done this? Put put something in the fridge that said to do it after, but did it ahead of time? No, and I'll tell you why. And I love stuff that says refrigerate after opening because what it says is, hey, I'm not going to take up fridge space until absolutely necessary because huh. our our fridge is always stuffed to the max because um, one of the members of my marriage um, believes that – uh, I don't want to get into specific. I don't want to name anyone specific. But one of the two people in my marriage, um, you know, believes that you need to always have 10 to 15 different types of vegetables and fruit on hand at all times to prove that you love your children. And uh, so we got a lot of stuff to keep refrigerated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, so we're always hard. And we, I mean, part of it is the, the family size. Like we only, we only buy eggs by the 18 pack and we always have two to three on the go. Sure. Um, and, you know, that's and then. Mel, we have milk and then we have almond milk because one of our kids can't get their act together and drink lactose. Uh, and so, which is, that's a great thing actually, because we buy it by like the, the 10 pack and then you, you only have to refrigerate, you only have to use almond milk once you've opened it. So I love that because there's currently five to six almond milks in the counter behind me and they're not all taking up fridge space, a cubic foot of my fridge. Wow. So what would happen if you put those in before you open them? What? Um, well, I'll tell you what, they wouldn't blow up, but I might from like just frustration over not being able to fit stuff in the fridge. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, I don't think it would affect it. I mean, it's just, uh, it might make it last longer, you know? That's kind of what I think as well. I don't think there's anything really here to this. Put it in the cupboard until you actually have to refrigerate it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for our Not A Sponsor break, the part of the show where we highlight a product that we feel does it better than anybody else, but they won't support us financially. You know, we live in a world that is going cashless. It's almost 
unseen now to see somebody with a big wallet carrying cash, but it still happens. Or perhaps you have the purse with the wallet that's full of cash as well. And, you know, people are making the switch to their debit cards and and credit cards and things, but it is so hard to keep them all together. And now with your phones and being able to pay online, it feels like there's just so many different devices for payment. And so what are you going to do to keep it all together and add a layer of protection for that phone. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to the Tuck case. Now, it's spelled T-U-C-C-H, which for the longest time I was saying tush, but that doesn't make any sense. And so I asked Google and Google helped me. Um, This thing is durable and it's got comprehensive protection. It takes care of my phone. I can hold, look, how many? I've got three different cards in here, license and health card and debit card, and then a little pocket for cash if I need to. And you know what, folks? In my opinion, nobody does it better at keeping my phone protected and my cash close than the Tuck phone case. Not a sponsor. Well, welcome back, listeners. Uh, We're going to go into something called a listener question, and this was a question that I received, um, and we've kind of touched on it a little bit before. Um, This came out of a youth rally, Lucas, that I was at, and we haven't really had a lot of time to, to talk about it. I know that after the podcast, we're going to chat for a little bit and maybe sail the seas in a video game. Um, but uh, the question was this, have you ever felt like you are not good enough? Um, of, co- of course, of course I have. And uh, I'm not sure about you, Lucas, but I know that there have certainly been times in my life where I have not felt um, good enough. And and I'm going to share a little bit, uh, and Lucas and I are going to talk a little bit about some scripture and some different ideas. But just quickly, I do want to mention, for me, whether you know this or not, I have dealt with, or I, you know, I used to deal with a lot of insecurities about who I was and and the abilities or skills that I didn't have that others had. And I would look at pastors and leaders and, and people that were further ahead in their journey than me. And I would just be like, man, I'm just not good enough. I'm, I'm not cutting the mustard, um, as, as they say. And so it took me and it took me a while actually to almost, I don't want to say comfortable in my own skin. I've never, it's never been like that, but that's the only way I can describe it was that I felt comfortable in in who I was in Jesus. And that took a while for me to get to the place in my relationship with him where, where I understood that, that I'm Brad, there's only one of me, and, and, and that's the way that he intended it to be. Um, and so that I'm on, I'm on my own journey with him. Lucas, I see that you have a thought. Yeah, well, just always remember, like, it's so easy to compare and getting into the comparison game is not good because there's always going to be somebody better than you. Even if you're the, you know, one of the best guitarists in the world, there's always going to be someone who's a little bit better than you normally in most scenarios. Sure. So you 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 have to get used to the idea of of being secure in who you are and understanding that everyone's in a different place. You know, I forget who said it, but someone said, don't compare your beginning to someone else's middle. And, you know, and we... You, you might see someone who's, you know, 10 years ahead of you and is way better at this, that, or the other thing. Well, that's because they're 10 years further ahead than you are. And, and so don't get too uh, broken up over that. I, I, you hit on something that I was actually thinking. I, I was trying to kind of look at my own life and go, where did that come from? Where did that insecurity come from? Because I've, you know, my parents have always encouraged me. They've never, ever told me that I couldn't do something. Um, now they, they didn't treat me like a snowflake that, you know, that I could just do anything and be anything. 
they set realistic goals for me and, and stuff like that, but but they were never discouraging. Um, but I wondered if uh, the music thing was something because that was that is a huge part of my life is looking at other musicians that are better than me and striving to be as good as them. So you, you know, like I look at different drummers right now and and the the different abilities that they have, and I'm like, man, okay, I want to work towards that so that I can do that and I can you know. Now I don't want to be those people, but I wondered if was that what it was? Was that was there that? Um, I'm always analyzing and and when I say criticizing it that has a super negative connotation, but like critiquing perhaps would be a better term. Right. Um, and and then that really flowed into my spiritual life, where especially where as a, a pastor, like I look at other pastors and I look at how they preach and you know the different things that they say and and it really started to affect my spiritual walk. Um, and so I definitely for the longest time did not feel good enough. I have limitations and I know that. And I and I have I know what a lot of my limitations are and I know what my strengths are. And I don't say that boastfully, but mm-hmm. but part of growing up and maturing is understanding your strengths and your limitations mm-hmm. and uh and and just working that out and, and knowing who you are. Lucas, you again, I'm throwing to you. Well, I, I was thinking about this when I was reading through and, you know, talking about like people, do you feel like you're good enough? And and I think a lot of the time Satan will go to both extremes on this and straight Satan will try to use a couple of things to trip you up. First thing he'll do is he might try to make you think that you're better than everyone else. Like, oh, well, uh, that yeah. person's this and you're that, you know, whispering in your ear about how great you are, you know, and, you know, you're you're drinking your own Kool-Aid and, and buying your own hype. Um, and which leads to pride, which always leads to fall and which leads to broken trust and all that stuff. The other extreme is he's whispering in your other ear, telling him about how bad you are, how worthless you are. Like, oh, you, you know, you're garbage at this. You're awful at this. And it could be about something you do struggle with, or it could be about something you're actually good at. But then you see one person who knows one more guitar chord than you. And all of a sudden, you know, you're worthless and you're a piece of garbage and all this stuff. And uh, there's a song that uh, I hear on the radio all the time here at Joy FM, and it's called uh, Fear is a Liar. And it, it just talks about, it's a really kind of cool song, and it goes all through talking about, you know, all the things that fear will say and that sin will say to try to get you to lose faith and to uh, not try things. And that's the biggest fear I think a lot of people is if, you, if you're afraid and if you think like, oh, I'm no good, and you lose that confidence, then you won't even try things that you, you could be really good at. I'm just going to shout this out. First John 4, 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Now, God is perfect love. Um, and he casts out all fear. So that whole fear is a liar thing, that's a great song. And, it, yep. and it's true. Um, you know, it is important, though, for us to know kind of where where we stand or where we have been on our journey. And, and the reality is, is that none of us, none of us have been good enough. Now, now this question could go a bunch of different ways, right? You know, am I, have you ever felt like you're not good enough for your spouse? Have you ever not felt like you're good enough at your job, at whatever, just in general? Or have you ever not felt like you're good enough um, to God? And... Well, the reality in that regard is that um, is that we are not good enough. Um, Romans three twenty three to twenty four says, "For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God." Um, 
everyone, all of us, and Lucas, we've talked about this before, everyone has sinned. You know, you just talked about people that are like, well, I'm not as bad as that person. I haven't done that or or the opposite is, look how awesome I am. Well, let's just, let's just cut through all that. Everyone has sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Um, and even Adam and Eve who were created in perfection, you know, when, when everything was done, God said it was very good. And he wouldn't have said that if that wasn't true. Um, but even they who had a relationship with God where they walked, you know, in the cool of the evening with him, um, still were not good enough to, to obey and, and messed it all up. So yeah, we're not, we're not good enough. And since that time, people have been trying so hard to restore that relationship with all kinds of good works, um, doing all sorts of different things to try to restore the relationship that was messed up. But uh, Ephesians 2, 8 to 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. None of our works, none of what we do is good enough to restore the relationship with Jesus and God. Um, Lucas, I see you bouncing the head there. No, and I think it, uh, it's, it's, it's important to keep that in mind because I think, you know, God, God will, will humble us when we need it and he'll build us up when we need it. And I sure. feel like more often than not, we need, we need a little more, a little humbling more than we need a little building up, but he can offer that to us as well. Um, you know, it's important to know too, that, that that is a a pre-salvation state. Uh, that is a pre-Christian state of this idea of you know not not <coughs> being good enough. Um, it's a weird. I find that a weird way of saying it. But you know, when we accept Jesus, everything changed. We actually get to become his children. Uh, John 1, 12 says, but to all who did receive him, him being Jesus, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And now this, this I think is crazy because it talks about, you know, um, not feeling good enough and things like that. We make mistakes. I make mistakes. Lucas, I hate to tell you this, but you make mistakes. Um, I make mistakes quite often. <laughs> Now you have kids and you, we just saw one of yours not that long ago, but my kids, they make mistakes. And, mm-hmm. and this might sound awful when I say this, but, but Harmony and Jaden, there's nothing they could ever do to earn the love that I have for them. And, and I'm not sure about you. And if you'd say that for your kids, but I, because I know you, I know that there's nothing your kids could ever do that would earn your love. They couldn't buy it. They couldn't just continue to do nice things to you just to, you know, that all of a sudden there's more love. You, your love is endless towards your children, regard, exactly. regardless of their actions. Mm-hmm. Now, their actions might hurt you yep. and disappoint you, and you might be upset about what they've done. And I certainly, I, I know what that's like. Um, and yet, we still love them uh, so much so that we try to journey with our kids to teach them right and wrong actions so that they will make right decisions. And, you know, I think about, I think about what we say in the church, we call it holiness. I think about that when I think about, you know, being good enough because part of the journey of being a Christian is then 
God dealing with sin, getting the sin out of us. Um, because up until that point, you know, we had all this, these different, this different stuff in our life. And when we accept Jesus, he paid the price for our sin. And now we can live without all that garbage. Uh, it's not always easy and it can be a journey. You know, you hear, I don't know about you, but I've heard stories of people that they, they accepted Jesus and all of a sudden, you know, alcohol was just gone and alcoholism, you know, never touch the bottle again, things like that. Yeah. For, for other people, it's been, you know, it's been a journey, but they've been, but they've been um, authentic, you know, in, in trying to grow in with God. Um, and so, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, we often, you know, just want God to take away the consequences of our sin and take away hard things from our life. But it's the hard things from our life that usually teach us the biggest lessons, you know, like, um, for example, like back when my wife and I decided, you know, I have student loan debt and like, oh, I wish someone would just come along and, and pay off my student loans and yada, yada, yada. And yeah, that would have been, you know, great. But when we decided to like get our act together and start following, you know, the Dave Ramsey financial plan and, and it wasn't, it wasn't easy, but but we, but we worked together and, and it actually, it made us stronger in our marriage. It made us, uh, you know, wiser as people because we were working together towards a common goal and we, and we paid it off and it felt awesome. And it would, and it would have been cool if someone had paid it off for us magically, obviously, but we wouldn't have learned those lessons and it wouldn't have felt as good either as us doing it ourselves. Um, you know, obviously with, you know, God's help and blessings because there definitely was some blessings along the way. But uh, yeah, same thing with students. You know, when I teach, they want to know, how can I do this the easy way? Well, the easiest way is just to cheat, but you're not going to learn the lesson. You're yeah. not going to actually get what you need out of it. It's not so much the the end result. It's the what you did along the way that makes the difference. And you cannot cheat holiness. God will not be mocked and he will not be fooled. And you're only lying to yourself if you try that. We see in uh, in First Peter one fifteen and sixteen it talks about um, be holy for I am holy. God commands that we be holy, uh, and and the term holiness is is translated as sacred, morally blameless, consecrated, uh, saint. God's looking for people who are consecrated or set apart for His use, and um, and He knows who those are. Because he chose us for his plan and purpose, which we're not, we're not talking about predestination, all that kind of stuff, but God chose his Christians, those that would follow him. Because Ephesians 1.4 says, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. God's, he wanted us to be good and, and to do good things in the world and, and to be holy, you know, to, to be set apart for his purpose and blameless. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I heard you say a couple episodes ago, you know, you talked about some people see salvation as just, you know, quote unquote fire insurance. And, you know, when you, when you lay it out, it's like, oh, all I have to do to go to heaven is just say these words. And then all of a sudden, poof, presto changeo. Well, accepting it's that easy, but then we're not called to just, you know, make the, you know, say the words and, and even believe them and then just go on about our life where, because God wants us to have a, a full life, not live the same junky life we're living now. He wants us to improve. And that's why the call towards holiness and, and getting better and, and weeding out the weeds, you know, getting the junk out of our life and, and replacing it with the, the fruit of the spirit. And, and that's why it's important. It's holiness isn't about a lot of time. Holiness, you can almost hear it like, Oh, holier than thou, you know, like that you think you're better than me yep. and all that stuff. But no, that's not what holiness is about. Holiness is about you as a sinful human trying to get closer to God through doing the things he says to do. And it's not about looking good. It's about doing the right things and 
and investing in a relationship with God. Absolutely. And, and we're get, we need to wrap this one up, but uh, Romans 12, one to two, uh, which is, you know, uh, titled living sacrifice. It says this, I appeal to you, therefore brothers by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing, you may discern what the will of God, what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, We've been talking about this for a little bit, and and it may feel like we've lost the point of the initial question, which was, have you ever felt like you're not good enough? The reason that we've gone down this path is this. Uh, we were not good enough. On our own, there was nothing that we could do to be good enough to earn our salvation, to restore that relationship with God and with others and, and all of that. And yet Jesus came because of his great love for us and, and took on the penalty of our sin and died on the cross so that we could be set free from sin and to equip us by, by putting the Holy Spirit in us um, to actually live lives that are holy as we're commanded to by God and that relationship is restored. I say all that to say this, um, I'm not perfect but there's things that were in my life before that I don't have to deal with anymore, that I don't deal with because God has, and it's some of it's been a journey, but God has removed those things from my life as I've continued to grow closer to him and allow him to have access to those things and, and to change the way my mind operates and all that kind of stuff. So have I ever felt not good enough? Yeah, and you know what? Until I'm in heaven, I will not be fully good enough. Does that make, does that make sense? Now, um, you're shaking your head, but they'd really like to know that you're with me on this. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. And I think it's important to realize that it's, we're never, you're never, or you never arrive on earth. Yes. Right? It's always just a, it's a continual uh, journey. And, you know, you might be thinking like, yeah, but you know, you might have a sin in your life. That's like, you know, not just like a run of the mill, but one that you're struggling with, one that always seems to be there. And that's the one that, you know, uh, Satan will kind of guide you towards and then constantly beat you over the head with it later on. Like, oh, yeah. well, you do that. Hey, remember when you do that thing? Like, oh, man, like, you, you don't deserve to be in church. Like, oh, that, you know, if these people if these people knew what you were really like, if these people knew what you really thought, oh, my word, like they, they couldn't stand you. And, and they use all these things. And if you're in that kind of a cycle where you're constantly feeling guilty about this and um, you need to, and especially if it's like a habitual sin, you just need to confess that to God and say, listen, I, I want to be done with this. I want to, I'm sore that I'm doing it. I got to stop doing it. Um, and you, you probably want to talk to someone about it, you know, talk with a, a, a pastor, you know, a trusted friend, someone like that and say, listen, here's my issue, but I want to turn it around. Someone, you know, I don't know if uh, accountability partners are still in vogue, like back when I was in youth group, but that was a big thing is you, you, you'd have someone that you could share these things with, you know, like uh, Brad would be like that for me. If I was really struggling with something, I could, I know I could go to Brad and he wouldn't be judging me about it. He'd be uh, help me about it. And I've, you know, I've done that for people as well. And people have done that for me. So you, if you just like sit on it and like, Oh, I can't possibly just telling someone about it is a huge uh, kind of load off your shoulders. And all of a sudden it, you, you shine the light of day on it and you can start addressing it. And that's something I would encourage you to do. Lucas, I think you summed that up wonderfully. Thank you. No problem. 
Um, let's move on. We've got, um, I, I've had warnings in a couple of breaks here that Lucas's computer is nigh on to death. And, uh, and so we're going to, uh, I, I've dimmed, I've dimmed my screen as low as it can go. I'm trying to do everything I can to save us a few, uh, ounces of juice. Okay. Well, let's hit this quick. What do you do when Taco Bell scams you? Here's the context. I went to go get lunch today and was really craving some Taco Bell. So that's where I went. And I, oh, I'm not going to read it the way they wrote it because it's a run on sentence. So that's where I went. And I rolled up in my car and asked them, how fresh is your soda? Well, he told me to come, he told me it comes from a box. And I think he was crazy because obviously soda comes from the store. I like my soda fresh. I don't know what he didn't get about that. So I got a water, but that's not the point. <laughs> Taco Bell scammed me. I asked this guy for a soft shell taco with cheese, my favorite. And he said, so a regular soft taco or a regular cheese taco? At this point, this guy's um, dumbness really started to annoy me. So I said to him clearly, no, a soft taco with cheese. So he gave, so he gave me it and I went home and told my husband about it. And he said, that's a regular cheese taco. That scamming guy put a soft shell taco in a cheese taco wrapper. I have to read that one because they didn't write cheese properly. <laughs> in a cheese taco wrapper and decided it was a good idea, but I wanted a soft shell taco with cheese. I'm going to report him, I think. What do you people normally do when what do people normally do when they get scammed by Taco Bell? <laughs> I'm I'm so confused. Didn't she get exactly what she asked for? <laughs> I don't know. You want to know what I do love? The, I, I do love the fresh soda. Thank like, you. How, how fresh is your soda? Mm, a good year, the 2019. Mm, Delicious. Yes. The <laughs> good bouquet. Uh, that was the part that I didn't care about anything else after I after I read. I like my soda fresh. <laughs> I only drink uh, what it would be artisanal farm fresh <laughs> uh, soda straight from the straight from the fountain. Uh, have you ever had any fast food? I haven't heard of this. A fast food restaurant that messes up your order, even though you've clearly said it. That, that doesn't happen. <laughs> I mean, that would never happen to me. Now, because I go to the North Side Dairy Queen, who have unfortunately super duper remember my order every time because <laughs> it's it's a thing now. Uh, I've never had a bad order from those guys. Those guys are stellar. Um, but yeah, I've certainly had some, you know, some, some bad experiences. And I mean, it does suck too. When you're all excited for your little, you know, Saturday afternoon treat or whatever it is. And you get like bad pop, like, you know, just flat or a weird taste to it yeah, or yeah. something, you know, that, that is, it throws you off. It's like having bad fries. You're not really getting it for the fries or pop, but you want those things to be like on point. They're not that hard to do properly. Um, no, that, you're right. They can throw off your meal. They might not make your meal, but they can wreck it. You're, you're hundred percent right. So, we do need to give this poor person an answer because they're waiting for it. They are waiting for it. Uh, so the question is now that you know the whole context, I think I'm going to report him. What do people normally do when they get scammed by Taco Bell? Now, is this a scam? <laughs> I mean, a few episodes, well, quite a while they ago. They scammed you into eating Taco Bell. So, I mean, that, but I think you did that to yourself. That one is on you. I, I don't, you gotta live moss. I don't think this is. I don't think this is a scam. Uh, I, th I think this is a normal occurrence and I think you need to calm down and also probably should have just gone back and got another one. That's what, 
You know what? You know what my wife will do if uh, if she gets McDonald's and we drive 20 minutes home and it's the wrong thing? She'll call them. Oh, really? Yeah, she'll call them. And she's not mean or rude. She just says, we just ordered this and it was all wrong kind of thing. And so <laughs> so they're like, not a problem. And, and, and the next time we're in, they'll replace it. Well, that's good. And I mean, she was a manager, so she knows that they want to hear then they make mistakes. Now, the guy flipping the burgers. <laughs> yeah, that's that's might, right. They want to hear. not care so much, but like the the manager wants to know, and, and you know, Mr. McDonald wants to know. Uh, uh, old Ronnie. Old old McDonald, as they call him. <laughs> they, uh, they do call him that. All right. Now, sorry, quick before, I still do have probably 5% of battery. I do need to throw out a quick, not a sponsor shout out. Um, if you are ever looking for an excellent taco, you need to go to Taco Boys. Uh, they have one in Fairton and they have one in a few different places. It uh, Boys with a Z, by the way. Oh, um, no. Really good. I know. I know. But they're very, very good. Uh, it's like the subway of tacos. Oh, no. That didn't help either. <laughs> <laughs> Except it doesn't smell like onions all the time. Okay. Well, Lucas, hit us with that retro game recommendation. What you got? That's... You know, I went back and forth. You know, I started off with Super Mario Brothers, the classic, but I thought, no, I got to go a little more, you know, in depth. And, you know, I'm going to have my top two are going to be Super Mario Brothers 2, The Legend of the Six Golden Coins, which was an original Game Boy game. Mm -hmm. uh, excellent. It like kind of pushed the Game Boy to the max. Awesome. Awesome. The music, I can still hear it. The 8 bit glory. Wonderful. It's a great Game Boy game, or if you have an emulator, pick it up. Uh, and the other one would be a, it's it's funny it's a classic even though I played it this weekend like I still it, and it gets played regularly and that is um, Starcraft the original OG Starcraft uh, twenty years old it is it came out in like nineteen ninety eight nineteen ninety nine uh, so twenty years old but man that is a classic and you it's just a well done game I'm pretty how about you what what kind of things do you like well just quickly on Starcraft I'm pretty sure you can pick that up for free the original now. You can. That's right. I did. I picked up for the original, but then everyone I played with was like, well, we got to pay 10 bucks to get the remastered version. So we did, even though I don't notice the difference. Must be all color related, I guess. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I um, I felt uncomfortable with the term retro gaming for the games I mentioned, just because it doesn't seem like it was that long ago that I was playing these things. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, Donkey Kong 1 and 3 for the Super Nintendo were... Sorry, is that 1, 2, 3 or 1 and 3 skipping 2? <sighs> Donkey Kong 1, or Donkey Kong Country, sorry. Donkey Kong mm -hmm. Country, and then Donkey Kong Country 2, Diddy Kong's Quest, and then Donkey Kong Country 3, um, oh, Trouble with... Kong's at it again. Kong's at it again, Some, and it brought another one in. Um, actually, 3 was probably my favorite of them all, and I, I was making an effort to go through them on my... Well, I bought them on everything that I own that I can mm -hmm. uh, multiple times, but I was going through on my, my um, 3DS... And I, you know me, how I do things. I had to go like from one through every level, through two for every level. Then I had to earn getting to very, three. You're very linear in your gaming. Yeah, I understand that. I had to earn three. That's a treat. That's and, a treat. Um, and I haven't got there. I'm st I kind of just put down the 3DS and haven't got back. The other one is this, because I still remember the day that I got this. I remember the smell of the cologne that I was wearing as a 14-year-old teenager. Oh, 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 was it preferred stock? It was not. Was it Adidas? No, it was not. No, I um, although I, have, I even I, I have the bottle still of that cologne, at here in Oxford, like 
<laughs> two minutes away from me right now. So if you want to remember what it's what Goldeneye smells like, you well, can hey, always have a whiff. Hey, I didn't get to say the title yet. It was Goldeneye. Oh, shoot, sorry. It, uh, it was Goldeneye for the Nintendo. We did all that. I was really trying to build the moment. Uh, Goldeneye for the Nintendo 64. Again, doesn't feel like a retro game, but also doesn't really hold up well when you plug in your N64 and try it again. Oh, those polygons though, right? Oh. Just, uh, but but at the back in the day, I remember when that was like, mind-blowing because one it was three-dimensional and two the other thing was the characters didn't all have the exact same face that's right with you you young characters you young whippersnaps might be like well that's the way it is back in our day every bad guy looked exactly the same every koopa troopa every whatever ever whatever diddy kong and donkey kong fight they all look the same but every face was slightly different i mean it looked awful and blocky but they were different i I, and i i i just loved that game i had so many so many hours. Uh, so that would be it. And I'll tell you one thing. If you want to have a truly unfun time, play Goldeneye with Brad uh, <laughs> because he memorized where all the spawn points are. So what he'll do is he'll shoot you, run to the space, aim at the empty hole in the space, wait till you appear in it, shoot you in the head, run to the next spawn spot. I still remember you begging me to play with you, and I finally did. I <laughs> fearing something like this and it was as bad as I thought it was going to be. You know what? I'd like I would like to think that I was ahead of my time, you know. Um I look at all these esport things that are happening now and I'm just like I was I'm the original esport gangster. <laughs> had esports been a thing, I may have had a totally different career path. Very very much so. Very much so. And we did we did have some good times though. You know the the old golden eye and no odd job. That was always a rule. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Lucas, for taking your evening to spend it here with us. And um, and thank you, listener, for also taking the time to listen. We hope that you've enjoyed this Oxford Holy Club experience and we look forward to seeing you again next week. So, Lucas, why don't you bring us home? Uh, sounds good. You can follow our podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram uh, at Oxford Holy Club or email Oxford Holy Club at gmail.com if you have a question, comment, or just want to send us an emoji of some kind. Uh, if you're on social media, feel free to throw up the hashtag OH Club. And don't forget, for every five-star rating you leave us on iTunes, uh, we will read it on the air. And if you can, we would love it if you consider becoming a supporter of the podcast. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna wax old with that. There's a link in the description now that you can just click if you feel so inclined. Uh, but more importantly, until next time, keep spiritually fit and have fun. Yeah.